made cotton daf yud with aleph. What will people think? The idea of mipnei chashad. To what extent do we have to worry or care about what people will think, as long as we know we're doing the right thing? So we have at the top of Omud of Mudalif, yud beis amudalif. Omar Shmuel, mekablei kibolet betochat chum asur chutzlit chum butar. What is a mekablei kibolet? So Rashi explains. Litain melachale nochri bekibolet ki avdilei b'shabta. What we're talking about is giving a non-Jew a project, a job of work to do. Uh, with kibolet means you're not hiring him as an employee, you're not hiring him as a, a worker, you're not hiring him as an outsourced worker. You're giving him a project and you're paying him for the project. I need you to build my house. And when the house is built, I'll pay you for the house. Mm-hmm. Um, and he and he works on Shabbos. So Shmuel says, if he is working within the Tchum of Shabbos, the area that, that people are permitted to walk to on Shabbos, so there's, there's a town, the Jewish people live in the town, he's building a house that's within the parameter of the town so that people could walk past the building operation on Shabbos, that's not allowed. But if it's outside of the Tchum, then people aren't likely to walk there on Shabbos and it's, it's mutar. So we have an interesting case here of something mm. being inherently okay, but it depends whether people can see it or not. It's an unusual kind of halakha, but we have this in many cases, as you know. And then, Omar Rav Popper, Rav Popper goes on to explain, Even if it's out of the tchum, it's out of the area to which people can walk on Shabbat, uh, from this town, but it's near a neighboring town, so it's not my family or my community that might see this going on, but people from another town could. But there's some other town that's close to where the building is taking place. That's also awesome. And this, that if there's nowhere that anybody can see, it's not close to my town, it's not close to another town, it's out in the, in the sticks, nobody really passes there. That's only on Shabbos and Yom Tov, where people don't go past there. But on Cholamoid, that doesn't help only being uh, within the Tchum, People travel, people go past and they will see and therefore it doesn't apply. So we see what we've got to monitor is what are the chances that somebody could see this building operation going on. There was a case of Marzutra, the son of Rav Nachman, and they built him, some non-Jewish um, uh, contractors built him a, a, a building, a, a palace, a home, uh, outside of the Tchum, it was where nobody normally goes on Shabbos. Rav Safra When Rav Safra and Rav Hunabar came to that town, they wouldn't go into the house. And some say he himself, the owner of the house, never went into it. Because it was built in an area where it, it's, it was possible, ask the Gemara, but nevertheless, but he, but what was wrong with what he did? We've just said they built for him outside of the tchum. So not only was there nothing wrong because it was non-Jewish contractors, it wasn't a Jewish person who was doing it, but it was, and it was bekibolet. He was paid for the project. He wasn't a hired hand. 
and it's outside of the tchum. So all the all the boxes are checked. He's done everything right. Why would they never go into the house? An important person has to hold himself to to an even higher standard. Tosfot learns different. Rabbi Natan learns that this din of Shmuel is talking about here we start merging the laws of Avelut with the laws of Cholamoid of and Yom Tif. Uh, so Tosfos wants to say that this is talking about uh, about Cholamoid, but on Shabbos and Yom Tif, there's nothing wrong with that situation. It's quite clear that the builder is building it on his own time, he's doing his own thing. It's a non-Jewish builder, non-Jewish building company, everybody knows that's 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 fine. Um, and and the reason is because Rashi himself asks a question and says, we know you're allowed to take your clothes to the dry cleaner on Friday afternoon. Why aren't we worried with that? Says explains Rashi. Because nobody knows which is your suit. You've taken a suit to the dry cleaner. Somebody walks past on Shabbos and the dry cleaner is busy cleaning them. He doesn't know it's your suit. But a piece of property that you've bought, everybody knows that that's your property and, the, and there's building taking place there on Shabbos. But something that is well known. If it's within the area of the town, it's also Mishum Chashada. We're worried about the Chashad. Um, what is the Chashad? Says Rashi further on. Even if there's another town that's nearby, it's also also because they know these goyim are, these goyim are doing the melacha for the Jew. The concern is that they'll, they know they're non-Jews. They know it's not a Jewish company. It's not the Jewish person. They even know that he that he hasn't hired them. That's not what we're worried about. What we're worried about is that he might have given them the job on Shabbos. He might have told them on Shabbos to build the house. That's that's the concern. And uh, Rabbi Nutam in Tosfos is not that worried about that situation. He brings a proof from a person who has a mill in the town. There are various other cases we've got in the Gemara where if a non-Jew is operating that business in a way that, that the Jew has no management control over it and no benefit from it, he's, he's almost sold it, he's leased the business to a non-Jew. So he's got a fixed amount, whether the business runs on Shabbos or it doesn't run on Shabbos, it makes no difference to the income of the Jew. In such a case, we've learned that it's mutter. So you see, we're not worried about what people will think in this particular case. But what's interesting is that that if we look carefully in Rashi, what he's worried about is not that people will think that he that hired them, that they're working for him. We're just worried that he might have given them the contract on Shabbos. He might have made an oral agreement on Shabbos, and that you're not allowed to do. So, so Rashi goes quite far in his concern. Let, let's just look briefly at this at this idea. Where does it come from? It comes from a Mishnah in, in, in Shkolim. That some of you might remember. There's the true Talishka, money that's given uh, to the Beit HaMikdash for various different reasons. And there were different collection boxes for each of the different reasons, for Korbanot and so on. And on each one, there was an Aleph or a Beta or a Gimel, and Rabbi Shmuel said they used to use Greek letters, an Alpha, a Beta, or, or a Gamma, um, to separate those three, those three containers. And then the Mishnah says, 
לא בפרגוד חפות ולא במנעל ולא בסנדל ולא בתפילין ולא בקמיה. You can't go into that area, not with a, a garment that has a hem on it or pockets, uh, and not with a coat on, and not with shoes, and not with your tefillin on, or a kamea. Why? Shema ani v'yomru me'avon eni. What are we worried about? Maybe this person later on will lose his money, and people will say he did something wrong in there, in the, in the lishka, because that, that's what happens. Or shema ya'ashir, or he'll become wealthy, v'yomru mitrumat ha'lishka he'ashir. And he'll become wealthy, and people will say, yes, he was the Gabbai of the Tzedakah in the, in, the, in the Beis HaMikdash. Where did he get so wealthy from? Clearly, he's been siphoning money off the boxes, and, and he's been putting it in his pockets. Because you have to be, listen, look at the lotion of the Mishnah, what's important. It's not just the fact, it's the, it's the language. You have to be as careful to fulfill your obligations um, towards humanity as you are about fulfilling your obligations to, to Hashem himself. That, that to put yourself in a situation where humanity sees you as having done something wrong is the same as doing something wrong, actually. Because we've got when, I, when Moshe talks to the two and a half Shvatim about having to first go over and help with the battle and only later on come back. And he says, and then not only will you have done right by Hashem, but also by Yisrael. Nobody will suspect you of having had bad motivations. And in Mishle we've got, we've got to You have to find Chain and Seichel Tov. People must look at you well. Both both uh, Hashem must, and, and people also have to look at you well. And so there, there are two different halachot in this area. There's the idea of married ayin and there's the idea of chashad. Rashi talks here about chashad. Chashad is suspicion. Married ayin is, is, is married ayin. They're two different things and we need to, uh, we need to understand their difference. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein says, says very clearly that there's a case of Maris Ayim where people can learn the wrong issue. So let's understand the difference between Marit Ayim and Chashad and, and, and how they work. And we just have to look at the, at the word Marit Ayim. What does Marit Ayim mean? Marit Ayim doesn't mean lest somebody see you. And in, Marit Ayim means if you take a snapshot of what you've just done and, you, and the photograph appears in the newspaper, the assumption will be you've done something wrong. You will have to explain yourself and say it's not what it looks like. You, there's a picture of you eating in a, in a treif restaurant. Um, you would have to explain, uh, but I wasn't eating treif. Uh, and if it's a close-up that they can see what you're eating and it's one of these mock treif foods, you would have to explain. If you have to explain that something isn't what it looks like, that's my sign. If the snapshot would look also, that's my sign. And we hold by my sign it's not just also because of what somebody might think. Something which, if it were a snapshot, would be interpreted as, as wrong, unless you explained yourself, is wrong. That's what it is with Maris Ayn. You can't say, but nobody can see. It doesn't matter whether nobody can see. Maris Ayn is wrong within itself. To do something which on the surface appears wrong is wrong. Chashad is different. Chashad is suspicion. Hashad is not, it looks wrong until you explain the context to me. Then I say, okay, it looked wrong, but it isn't wrong. Hashad is the other way around. Hashad is, it doesn't look wrong. 
But if I have malintent, I could give it a context, I could give it a spin that makes it wrong. That's cheshat. So that, that I can't do something that is Marius Ayan, I realize. I can't do something which if I took a snapshot of it would look wrong, that's Marius Ayan. But what about something which doesn't look wrong at all? But if they want to put a spin on it, they can. Like our case here. So you've, you've got no, a non-Jewish contracting company is building a house outside the town for me. So you'll, you'll take a photograph of the non-Jewish company building a house. So fine, non-Jewish company is building a house. You'll say it's it's on Shabbos. Everybody knows the contractor's not being not being hired. The contractor's paying for is is doing it himself. Everybody gets that. Everybody knows that. So Cheshad, there's no if if you take a snapshot of the action, there's no way of interpreting that action. Well, well, the action doesn't look wrong as it stands. But if you give it a spin and you say, and when did he contract with them? When did he give the project? You can see they're just beginning. They're just laying the foundations now. Clearly, he's just told them to do it. It's on Shabbos himself that he gave them the instruction. That's Cheshad. And even from Cheshad, when it says we've got to be in Akim, the Mishnah in, in Shkolim, if you just take a photograph of the Gabbai's in the Tzedakah room, in the Lishko, in the Beit HaMikdash, organizing these three canisters of, of receptacles, take a photograph of that and put it, it doesn't look wrong. There's nothing wrong. There's no Maridayan. But you can put a spin on it. Now he gets wealthy and you put a spin, he's taken the money from it. That, that we have to be. So we have to anticipate people's ability to put a spin on something innocent to interpret it as something non-innocent, as something which, which is wrong. That's how far we have to go to be motzachin v'seichel tov be'enel elokim v'yodom. And that's because the role of, of a, a Jewish person is so much more than just uh, doing our own thing. The, the question is always, to what extent do we have to worry about what people think? Well, when you're doing the right thing and you're doing something good, you don't have to worry about what people think at all. But when you're doing something that is borderline, when you're doing something that gives people ammunition to interpret it wrong, that we've got to try and avoid that too. Don't give people ammunition. Don't give them something which they could use to interpret wrong. And it's not just because of their malevolent intention. It's a Jewish person is a teacher. We are teachers. We don't only teach in what we teach formally when we stand in front of a classroom and we teach. We are teachers every minute of every day. When we walk through the street, when we do our business, when we interact with people socially, whatever we're doing, every one of our gestures is teaching the way of Hashem. We're teaching what, what Kiddush Hashem is in every gesture. And to make a gesture or to do an action which can be spun into something that is negative and distraction, that's something we need to avoid because it undermines our role as an Mamlechet Kohanim Va'am Kadosh.